episode 27, Plan the Work, Work the Plan. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. Sharing the adventure of leading and growing a bootstrapped SaaS company. Hear the experiences, challenges, wins, and losses shared in each episode from Aaron Wykey of Leadferno and Darren Shaw of Whitespark. Let's go. Welcome to the SaaS Venture Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Darren. And Darren, I, I wanted to start today with a, a little bit of an inspirational quote for us in our, in our planning topic. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's hear it. So Eleanor Roosevelt said, it takes as much energy to wish as it does to plan. It's a solid quote. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I mean, I, I like the positivity of, of wishing and daydreaming without like the work involved, but I, I get where she's going with it. Just take your wishes. They're all running around in your brain. Just write them on paper and you're, you're, you're starting the plan. There you go. Uh, one, one other note, we are also uh, using video recording for this episode. We're going to test this out and see, you know, when we watch it back, we'll determine if we're like uh, cringy or it's just not something that we want or uh, if, if it's a good second medium for us to distribute our talks. I think our subscribers are going to go through the roof. You're so handsome. You're going to have like all, all so many people being like, wow, I want to see more of that Aaron Wecky. I'm pretty sure there's not enough of a filter to combat that, to make that come true, but it sounds good. All right. Well, hey, it's it's been almost two months since we've recorded an episode. Uh, I'm definitely to blame on that. I've, I've been super heads down with some things, which we'll, we'll talk about my side of planning work and, and working the plan. But you know what? Uh, what? How have things been? Are there any changes in your life in the last uh, two months during the pandemic? No, pandemic-wise, it's all the same over here. Nothing really has changed. Um, you know, no one's gotten vaccinated in my immediate family yet, so we're you know it's all same same stuff here. Busy with work, you know. You're definitely not all to blame. I I uh, I've been heads down on a bunch of stuff as well, and so you know haven't. Uh, haven't sparked a podcast conversation, but yeah, what's new at Whitespark? Let's see. We've got, uh, we launched actually a really big update to our local rank tracker. It doesn't, it's not the kind of thing that uh, has much impact customer facing, but we've rebuilt yep. the whole thing uh, in, in our in our standard tech stack. It used to be on Angular, and now we've switched our front end JavaScript framework to view, which has many positive impacts for us. We're able to iterate on it much faster. The software is is more organized. And so it, it really opens us up to uh, quicker feature releases on our rank tracker. So I'm excited about that. Nice. We are finally about to pull the trigger on our new uh, account system that I've talked about on the podcast many times, but it's actually happening. And I'm not even going to say two weeks. It's actually happening in like five days on uh, on Tuesday. Tuesday is the day that we're going to pull the trigger. And actually on that day, we've decided we're going to raise the prices of our uh, our sort of premier 
uh, SaaS software, the local citation finder. We're doing a big price increase on that that uh, I've been talking to you a lot about, Aaron. I'm excited about that. I think there's great potential there. I feel like it's long overdue. We've had the same price of that software since we launched it 10 years ago. I've never increased prices, so it's long overdue. I feel like we're just going to flip the switch and be just all of a sudden be making a lot more money. We should have done it a long time ago. So I'm, I'm excited about that. And uh, we've got a big new feature launch. I've talked about this before, I think, on the podcast, which is our uh, citation auditing component that's going to be integrated into our local citation finder. So that's that's next on our agenda that we're going to be diving deep into that. It's it's mostly done, but you know, pushing towards launch on that as well. So that's that's what's new in, in my world. How's Leadferno going? Yeah, well, one, uh, it's great to be public with Leadferno. I think that's that's the biggest thing in announcing, yeah. um, you know, this just Monday of this week. Uh, I, I mentioned to you when we were talking before hitting uh, record earlier today is, you know, ha- having this time between uh, leaving Gather Up and just you know helping wrap up some things there and whatever else and diving head deep into Leadferno, but you know, not really having it in a place where I wanted to promote or talk about it. Um, that, that was definitely hard. Right. So it was like, mm-hmm. um, you know, in, in my planning, it's like, I had this plan on how I wanted to announce, I wanted to have the marketing site ready and I wanted to have it to a pretty, like, I don't know, full blown or at a pretty solid, um, part, mm-hmm. uh, to, to be able to, build content around and screenshots and specific features. And, you know, early in the product and planning, there's, there's a lot of that, that you still don't even know how it's going to end up or come true. You don't have visuals for it, um, things like that. So that was definitely one part of figuring out like how, how do I make the most out of announcing what it is and driving people to something that actually does a good job of explaining it. um, And, and all those pieces um, so yeah, that, that was just a huge shift this week in being able to say like, here it is, here's what it's called. Here's the link to it. Uh, and, and be able to like socially do that in my professional mm-hmm. profiles and my personal profiles. That that was awesome. Yeah. I was excited to see the tweet from you and, and, and see that you're, you've gone public with it. It's like, this is the thing you can check it out now. This is, this is what's coming. So that, that must be a huge relief and just feel good to get it out there. Yeah. I, I was kind of laughing. It, it checks the boxes on like that, um, that social high or that dopamine hit you get when your, your LinkedIn posts and all the congratulations and the comments and the likes and retweets on Twitter and everything else. Right. It's like this fever pitch. I, I kind of laughed at myself cause it's like, like, I want that. I need that. I, I need like word to spread on Leadferno and what it is and, and what it does. But I also felt like one of my teenagers where I'm worried about how many likes are on my TikTok video and, right. and things like that. It's like, I was like, oh, geez, am I, d- don't get caught up in this. But yeah, Monday was definitely like just a rush all day long of like people reaching out, people I forgot I had in my LinkedIn network, right? Where it's like, right. you, you build these networks of, I don't even know, thousands of people. And then you get something and you're like, oh, who's that? Where did I meet them at? Like, you, right. You go back and recall all of that. So, well, I think you, uh, you coined the phrase LinkedIn is slow Twitter. <laughs> yes. So it's like, I'm, glad, I'm glad you remember that. It totally is. 
Yeah, it makes so much sense. Like you post something on LinkedIn, it continues to gather like likes and comments for weeks, whereas something on Twitter disappears within half an hour. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like the the Twitter steam settled down within 24 hours Mm -hmm. and you're exactly like, I'm still getting messages three days later on you know, everything related to LinkedIn and whatever else. So you're, you're good. People can check LinkedIn once a week and feel like they really haven't missed out on too much where right. if you're really into Twitter, you're, you're on it every few hours at least. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, congratulations on, uh, on going public with, you know, your, your new software and you've got some pilots running too. I'm excited about that. Like, how are those running? Yeah, so far so good. I have five pilots uh, up and running. Um, it, it was definitely hard on me, right? You have this incomplete product. Um, you know all the things that you want it to do, the the visions there, but you're also rolling out this like, hey, it does, you know, one fifth of what it's going to do right. in three or four months. Like, is is that good enough for you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you probably get a lot of feedback too, where people are like, oh, this is great. Can you do this? Can you do that? And you're like, uh, soon coming. Yep, we're working on it. Yeah, I mean, so it's great when you get the requests that are in your product roadmap. Right. Um, because that just affirms that the things you thought or what you know to be like, you know, par- feature parity, things like that are are true. But the 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 other part, though, the some of the feedback, you know, there's been a handful of things. There, there's definitely one thing um, where all the early ones. So it's like uh, we built it and it's a desktop app only uh, right now. And it will be when we launch and then we'll be building our mobile apps right after launch. Mm-hmm. So with that, really the biggest thing, every time I was doing a, a demo for a potential pilot user and as they got on it, all had to do with notifications. Um, you know, and it was kind of interesting where it's like, yeah, we kind of knew that we built in, you know, we had notifications on our roadmap. So we fast track doing like your operating system notifications. You get the little alert that says, you know, allow or block, you allow it. Yeah. That way, if, you know, if you just have the window open, you're in a different tab, different browser, whatever else you're, you're going to get that notification. Right. Um, but I, I've learned like it's, it's not enough, right? People have become so dependent on their phone telling them things. Yep. So what we're actually looking at doing now is building an SMS notification um, mm-hmm. to fill the gap before we get to apps. So That's a good idea. Yeah, so you'd just be able to drop you, your own mobile number in your user profile, and it'll just say, hey, you have a new lead from Leadferno. Um, and that, that'll hopefully be that stopgap until we get an app that has push notifications yep. and you get your annoying red bubble that you don't want the numbers to go up on. That's perfect. And then at the very least, the business owner gets a heads up that there's a new lead and they can just jump in there and respond to it right away. Yep, absolutely. Other than that, like I've, I've been uh, doing, you know, mechanical Turk notifications. I log into all the pilot accounts and I see if they have leads in there and then I send them an email, like you have leads, (laughs) like you want to go in there? Like, Oh, we forgot to log in. Like, right. It's, Working a new piece of software into uh, somebody's routine yeah. uh, can can be hard and, and difficult. But yeah, that was one really interesting thing was like, okay, I just didn't realize how important the notifications were. And that, mm-hmm. that sounds almost silly, right? But it's like... Makes sense. My head, is, my head is around 50 features into V1. And but like, if you don't have this one, then we really like... 
it, it's just not going to work for us. We're worried about not meeting customer expectations. We want to be able to move freely away from our desktop computer. We just, we want to know these things. So mm -hmm. that was definitely a, a, a really big win. And then we've just had some other just small things as they're using it. Like, you know, hey, this if this expanded when I was typing in it, it would be helpful, things like that. So can you access the application through a mobile browser? Does it, is it responsive enough that it's functional? So we've chosen not to build it responsive mm -hmm. um, just because we're going to go straight to mobile apps. Yeah. Um, you know, the thing that we just didn't feel like a responsive was going to give us a big enough win for the effort, just for mm -hmm. what we talked about, the push notifications, um, just some of the snappiness that you get out of an, uh, an, a native app over um, a responsive site. Yeah. Um, so we just kind of chose... You know, instead of like duplicating efforts for something that m would maybe get used very little when you have the app as an option, like, well, we're just going to skip it. And like right now, I would love that. I would love there to be a responsive web design version of it. But yeah, six months from now, I'll be like, we have mobile apps. Don't worry about it. So totally. then I won't care. So I was only thinking of it as like a temporary stopgap, you know, you know, until you yeah. actually have the mobile versions. Yeah. Yeah. And we just looked at it. Why spend time on that right now? And we could just build more features into the core product itself. So absolutely. Makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Good. It's going well. It sounds like, you know, I know that I know somebody who's running a pilot and they're like, man, this thing works too well. I can't keep up with all the leads. So <laughs> that's, that was great feedback to hear. Yeah. No, the, um, the, the theory of exposing and marketing that you will text with customers uh, definitely seems to be doing what we thought in in opening more conversations, right? The yep. the barrier to starting a conversation for people is so low on text. It just you're just completely fine texting randomly a new business where having to take the time to make a call and will I get a voicemail or will I get a person or will I get a call tree? Mm -hmm. Am I going to ask the right quite? You know, all, all of those things is just you know so much lower. So. Yeah, from what we've seen in our pilots are across a very diverse uh, group of business types, and they're all seeing just an increase in conversations starting. Um, it's also just been really interesting, which gets me excited. It's like, all right, we have, you know, these five testers and we have, you know, dozens of conversations happening in a week, but already seeing like the differences in how people communicate and um the businesses is what I'm talking about, like mm -hmm. how the length and their process, um, some are using it and immediately like jumping in a different communication medium. Others are solving it all right in the text conversation. It really mm -hmm. gets me excited for the future of like, you know, wow, the, the things that we'll learn as we compile all these conversations for a business to expose what do people care about? What are they asking the most? Things like that, like really yeah. get me jazzed. Yeah. Yeah, you think about the sentiment analysis you can do on all that incoming uh, content. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally for sure. So when I look at that, you know, that gets me excited for, you know, planning like past the V1, right? Mm -hmm. It's like everything right now, I, 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 can, I can script for you the next three months to, to six months, pretty much like almost every move we know we have to make. There's going to be more things like the notifications that that come into play that will be like, all right, we need to do this, or people are going to be not happy um, or frustrated, so we need to solve that. But um, the the fact that 
you know, there's just so, so much that has to be done in, in the coming time frame is just like, holy cow. Yeah, totally. That's almost the way it is with every product. There's just a nonstop stream of things that you can do and, and to make yep. it better. So yeah, yeah, it's good. It's a good industry to be in. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, of all that stuff and planning that stuff, do you, do you want to get into the topic of the day planning? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, as it, as it relates to me, this is the first time I had to do planning around like a launch of a, of a product, right? D- done plenty of feature launches and, and things like that. And I, I already kind of touched a little bit on, you know, just planning how to announce it and what was there and what was needed and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in this too, right, it was just thinking through like, okay, you get the site, you have those elements there. What do you need of those elements? Um, you know, created some uh, motion graphics for the site. Like, you know, what are all the things that uh, we can round out? Um, and then after that, it's like, okay, putting the site out there, <clears throat> what, what's kind of our plan? What do we want to have happen, right? What's the, the conversion that, that we want out of it? So it was mapping out like, all right, we want people to say, yeah, send me notifications, right? We're launching in June, but we'd like to every two or three weeks send out an email and say, hey, here's something new that we've just added to it. Here's how things are shaping up. Here's a couple ideas, like just kind of build that fever pitch so that hopefully there's some people feeling like the minute that you will take my money, I will give you my money. Like that's, that's the hope for sure. You want people to land up (laughs) at your door with bags of cash. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, You know, the next part is we introduced some calls to action for early access, right? So people who are early adopters who want to put it to use you know, we want to find out who they are and tell us a little bit about you so we can see like, all right, based on where the product is, would you be a good fit to be a tester? Mm-hmm. Um, is it in a, a a business type or a process we haven't served yet where we could learn from it? Will you be a heavy user of features that we already have instead of, oh, the feature that would really benefit you is one of the last we're going to build. So I'm not going to bring you in now and, and get you frustrated. Right. Um, right. So that as kind of a pre-launch goal. Uh, and then the other one is, you know, we're going to do a, a partner program with this product. This is, this is definitely, this will probably be one of the most like um, fundamental decisions that I find really interesting. So I decided uh, with Leadferno not to do a white label product, which we had at GatherUp. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, a, a couple of the, re- the reasons behind that, um, you know, the beauty of a white label product is, you know, we had a large customer base that are digital marketing agencies and marketers and SEOs, and they resell it. They put their logo on it. They can claim it as their own. Um, mm-hmm. And then they can market up however they want, right? We charge them $50 a month and they can sell it for 100, 200, 300, whatever they want. Um, so th- those are the pros on it. The, the cons that I always found that, you know, won't be surprising is one, you're not maintaining like double the product, but 25 to 50%, you're double maintaining a product because how settings work and how things are accessed, how you name features, you you have to keep your brand out of everything. Um, Then you have to build materials for your white label people that they can grab and convert to theirs. There's just a whole lot of pieces to it that, that definitely make it a challenge. And for a lot, like it, it can be worth it. Like for gather up, it was definitely worth it for us. We had 
four to 500 agencies when I left that were reselling our, our product and some right. do doing extremely well with it. Um, but I, I just chose with this one, I wanted to take the route of building a, a partner program where all of what our partners, what they have to do is just like refer their customers to sign up. They get the benefit of, hey, here's a great tool. If we're a web designer, we built you a beautiful site, but let's convert customers to contacting you. That's the ultimate goal. Mm -hmm. If we do local search or SEO, we're a digital marketer. We want to convert that traffic. So this is a great conversion tool. It will allow them, they'll have access so they can see into all those accounts and see what's happening and grab data and reporting and site conversations so that they can add that to what they're doing on a retainer basis and reporting for that customer. Um, and then also we'll kick them back a percentage of reoccurring revenue. So yep. the, the downfall is I can't take a $50 product and mark it up to $300, which mm-hmm. some, some have done. Um, but the win is all I have to do is tell them to go look at this. We'll sell them. Yep. We'll support them. We'll do all those things. Because, uh, you know, the, the one thing that was probably the most frustrating with a white label product is you build new features, you do all these things and your resellers like just don't know or don't care or don't really have an idea. They don't support the customers as well. Like, yep. you know, it's like you you win on the sales side, but you you can really lose on like the customer experience side. Sure. Actually, I've got two questions about this partner program because it's something that we've been uh, looking at at WhiteSpark because we we currently have like some referrals partners that send us leads and we don't have a good system. We're currently tracking it manually. Uh, you know, stuff gets lost. We, it's like someone sends us an email and then we got to go in and like be like, oh, make sure that we're giving credit for this person for this referral. And so we've been looking at software solutions. And the more I look at them, the more I think, wow, they're expensive and we could easily build our own. So first question is, are are you going to build your own or are you going to use some third party system for managing the referral program? And the second question is, I'm like wondering what kind of kickback you're planning to give. Yep. So the first one, I'm having a hard enough time building one product. I'm not building another product. Right. So I'm I'm going to use, you know, there's a, a couple out there I've, um, you know, watched more than a few uh, like Facebook group conversations on things like this. The one that I probably see mentioned the most that I'm probably going to do the deepest dive in is First Promoter. Mm-hmm. I think based on our needs and what I've read, that that's one that I definitely want to investigate. Um, I need to investigate further. Uh, I know another founder, uh, Josh Ho, he has a product called Referral Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to see if that's kind of built the same way as like First Promoter. Um, I just, I know Josh uh, through online conversations, but I haven't dove into his product as as deeply. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to find a product that fits the need for us to be able to to do that. So we can just focus on our core product. Yeah. So I was thinking about this and it's like, I looked at one called Partner Stack, which Unbounce uses, and it looks really slick. It looks great, but it's 15,000 at the lowest end to 40,000 per year for the high end. And I'm like, what? That's really expensive. And I don't get the value proposition there because when I think about what my needs are, I need to go into my account system, press a button that says add new referral, put in their name, their PayPal email, and and it's going to generate a referral link for them. I give them that link. And then all I have to do is on our website, 
is track the URL parameter, set a cookie, and then on checkout, look for the cookie and you know, record a transaction in our account system if anyone comes through on that cookie. Like it's actually pretty straightforward. And you know, our team could build it. They're telling me in like it's it's a it's a week-ish to like sort of build these this functionality into our account system. So when I think of it from that perspective, then it's like, why wouldn't we just build our own and just have it internally? And then you have to have a page for the referral partner and be able to go and look how many people came, clicked through on my link, how many people converted, and you know, what is the timeline? What is what are my kickbacks? What is my next check gonna be? That's you just need a system like that. So it seems pretty straightforward. And I don't know if it justifies the expense of a third-party tool. Yeah. I mean, my inclination would be I, I do more searching that that the pricing on that sounds really steep. Like first promoter, I think is like in the hundred dollars a month range. Right. I, th- I think they have, you know, some plan variants, but also, I mean, everything you're describing Darren and just, you know, in building software, like your first blush is like, Oh yeah, it's just these five things. Yeah, but then totally. when it's like, Oh yeah, but these five and these five and these five, and then pretty much, you know, then it's a runaway train. And yep. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just hesitant uh, on those. I'm, always, I'm like, let's find someone who all they care about is this and let's let's plug into them, right? They're, they're already plugged into Stripe. They already create the landing pages. They already have like all these elements. So like I said, I, I, I have enough to do <laughs> where I'm like, uh, I'll outsource it. If we look at it and I'm like, oh, we're only using these three things, then I at least have the experience of using something else and say, we could build this better, easier, simpler that just meets our needs and eliminate that cost, then I'd at least know I'd rather start using something that's there. Sure. And then then head the other route. Yeah, I'll do a little bit more investigating of those uh, two that you mentioned. Yeah. And then after that, yeah, your second question on percentage, you know, I, I think we'll probably be falling between like a 10 to 15%. Yeah. Um, th- this was part of the other thing, right? Our our product most likely, and we're still working completely finalizing, but I would say we're going to fall between a hundred and fifty to a two hundred and fifty dollar a month product. Mm-hmm. And in my experience, with a lot of agencies, especially the ones that really like the uptake on this product, selling price points is like really hard for them. So I looked at it. If we did a white label and say we even discounted the product to like let's say a hundred dollars a month, we could afford to do that for them. They would because it's already at three figures. I feel like they would price it at one twenty five anyway. They'd get the same like twenty bucks back right. than if we just did everything else um, because they'd be afraid to push those margins higher. Now some of the really good sales agencies and successful ones, like no, they would probably they could push it a lot higher. Um, and and not have a problem with it, but that's just some of the things that I noticed at Gather Up is overwhelmingly a ton of them just the, their own price sensitivity and sales. Like they're 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 good at their work. They like to do the strategical and tactical things, but like selling for a lot of those agencies was re- really hard. So that's why I just want to do it. Like you make the introduction, we'll make mm-hmm. it all happen. You get access. You get data. And you get revenue from it. So I'm I'm hoping that, like I said, this this could be a fatal flaw in my plan. I might be building a white label version of our product six months <laughs> from now. So sure, yeah. No, it sounds like a really good plan to me. Uh, I, I feel the same. Like I'm thinking about our future development and where we're going. And I don't think we'll ever have a fully white labeled version for many of the 
the challenges that you've already described. It's just so much more to maintain when you do that. Like I remember uh, white labeling uh, gather up and then noticing that the source code references the their your product, right? Like even some of like the class names of your CSS had had to be updated. So just so many hassles. Yeah, no, there is. There's a lot of it that you really have to like have in mind when you do it. Mm-hmm. And it's like <laughs> when I would talk with our team when we're launching features or things like that, especially as as the brand grew, you worked more like brandy things into like what you named it and how you created it. Sure. And yeah, there's just so much where I always looked at like one of our like top three threats all the time was exposing our white label resellers. Like hands down, that was the one thing where I was just always like, oh, nothing would be worse than me having 20 emails or 50 emails or 200 emails saying like, you just exposed me as a gather up reseller and I charge four times more than you charge because I'm layering it with a service where like, oh, what a, like, I'm, I'm glad, like, you know, a few times we'd have something small, whatever, and like quickly stomp it out or it was only a handful of accounts, but like that, that's scary stuff. Yeah, totally. Well, I like it. You're just avoiding that altogether. Go, go referral system instead of white label. Yeah. Well, we'll find out. Like I said, my, that plan might be a bad one. The, the, the jury's out on that. We'll, we'll see where, where that one goes. That, that's one of those, right? Where it's like, oh, I, I definitely like, I, I feel this way, but I understand this. And it was super successful before, but yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see where I land on that. Yeah, we'll see. I think as a, as a person that has a resold product, it's like also a lot of work on my end. I would almost prefer the referral system. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's my hope. My big question is, you know, is, is the revenue enough for someone to care, right? Like, because they might not look at your product as like a, a revenue generator for them, right? It's like, right. it's my, it's money back in, it adds up, it's, it's worth something, but it's not, it's not going to become a, a line item on the balance sheet that you really care about. Unless, Unless you have hundreds of customers, I mean, oh man, I hope I have a reseller that's like, yeah, sweet, we have a hundred accounts that we've brought you. <laughs> like that would be fantastic. So, yep. And do you pay your resellers? Are you, is your plan if it's like a percentage? Do they get that recurring forever, or is it just like for the first six months? The yep. first, no, nope. yeah, we're gonna do recurring for forever. So, okay, yep. I w- I want that. I want it to be uh, a win win. Right. Um, I actually want it to be a win, win, win. I want win, win, the agency win. to win. Yeah. I want the, the business to win and I want the consumer to win by loving using our product. Right. Like yeah. when they can text with the business, they win on it. Uh, I like this where I was talking to, uh, I was doing a demo with another potential pilot prospect. Um, and he used to be a gather up customer and saw, saw what I was doing. And the great thing is he's like, you know, the beauty of you and Mike, he's like, you guys, like you're, I never felt like you're out to make money. You were just out to give us a great solution. So like, I fully trust whatever you're doing on this and I fully trust whatever price point you set. And I was like, oh, well, I hope the whole world feels like that. So that sounds good. (laughs) Everyone just, yeah, you have implicit trust. Everyone that that comes over to you. Yeah. I'm leaving money on the table, but I sleep well at night and I like what the product does. So yeah. Yeah. Good. So what else related to planning? Yeah. Now that it's like out, you know, now it's a lot of like both planning on like the marketing side. How do I keep mentions going and stay in front of people and, and things like that? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, lucky over the years to build contacts. We just had a 
uh, Locology reached out and did an interview with me. Um, have a couple others that lined up, pinging some people and just saying, here's an angle. Is it you know, worth mentioning? Yeah. To try to keep that going to launch and then use launch as another propulsion. Um, and there's a lot of things that I even joke with our marketing or our product team when they're talking about building something. I'm like, no, we can wait on that. We can wait, you know, that can come a month after launch or whatever. I'm like, it gives me something newsworthy to talk about and totally. to put out there. So yeah, just, just planning all that out. Um, and then now I'm just starting to focus on like the, the launch plan. Right. And we still have a, a ton of like things to build into the product. Um, and you know, just mapping out, we, we basically have like five sprints to where we want to hit for our launch date. So it's like, we have each of those sprints ratcheted with like, here's what we need to do and accomplish and whatever else. And we're really at this point, you're, you're kind of out of room on, oh, that can get bumped or like at this point, if it falls out of a sprint, it's not going to be in the product for the V1, which is going to be a bummer. I look at my list of 20 things right now and it's like, I don't want to live out without any of them at launch. Right. Yeah. But I'm also, there might be five of them that just aren't going to make it at, at launch. So a lot of a lot of that planning going on, and that plan will probably be refactored pretty heavily as we move through each sprint. But we'll see what happens. And how do you do the planning? Like, do you, what software systems do you use? How how do you communicate this with your team? How do you set up your meetings? How do you lay out this plan and, and manage to stick to the plan? Yep. So we do all of our sprint planning and development in Clubhouse. Um, my my. Uh, uh, product manager uh, is just hates Jira. I think he spent too much of his life in it. So even though Jira is probably the staple that's out there, it's what we used at, at Gather Up as well. Um, mm -hmm. He wanted to use Clubhouse, so that's what we use for that. Um, you know, that's where uh, everything goes into play as far as organizing the sprints and what epics and stories and tasks and everything go into that. Um, you know, for the for the team, for me, I try to. <clears throat> the the less i'm writing things in clubhouse for me the the better um i try to that's the weeds for me i try to stay out of uh those weeds i review the stories i keep track of progress i answer questions when they're needed um but i like to frame things up in just any visual and have done both like you know google slides uh, and also spreadsheets just to say like here's a high level view here's all these things right. Um, mm -hmm. And a lot of times I like to use those and then also match them up for them to understand the business goal side, right? I think it's it's really easy for engineers to be building in a vacuum and not understand the the business needs and what goes on publicly and, and things like that. Um, so helping them understand, hey, we need these things done and need to be this far so we can have pilot testers. And once we have that, you know, we want to be able to like launch and show people the product and have short demo videos and things like that. Um, so it, it's good to not only have them see the sprints, but like, what are the business goals that might be attached to these sprints as far as like, you know, public launch, how many uh, pilot customers are on the platform, soft launch with some paying customers, uh, all those kind of things with it. So yep. they're, you know, I'm pretty, whatever I can pull together fast that is well organized, that shows them and gives them a longer view, right? Helps them see three months out and how does all this work together? Yeah. How often do you, has it been in the sort of 
from the genesis of the concept of Leadferno to today, you know, you make these plans, you know, you try to put a structure in place and, and create the timelines. Uh, how often are you sticking to things or is it been going pretty well? No. No. <laughs> no. You, you you get all the other challenges in building a team, right? Like yeah. finding the right people with the right expertise, the right ways to communicate. Um, you know, we we can definitely get into this another time, but like we hit kind of a roadblock end of January, February that had to do with our team's expertise with Flutter. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're using, you know, for kind of the the front end SDK, you know, format of thing. I don't even know if you can call Flutter a framework or what you call it, but um, we realized like we, we needed to level up. And so we had to do some changing of our, our team in relation to Flutter experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was a big shift that probably like just kind of gutted two sprints off us. So right. we were not only, we weren't moving fast enough to that time because we didn't have the right components and you're back and forth between uh, I'm hopeful this will change and let's try some of these things and, and whatever else. And your gut might be telling you something. And then finally I was just like, we, we have to do something. Right. Um, so yeah, between all that, like we just kind of, you know, it's not accurate to say like we lost a month. That's how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, we had to change guard. We had to hand off information. We had to bring some new people in. Anytime you bring new people in, they are also going to have some ideas, which, you know, a lot of times they're good ones on restructure. Here's the efficiencies you're missing. Here's some of the things if I was here from day one, I would have decided different that you were going to want to redo this. So that was, it was, it was really hard. And I was super bummed at that point. It would be like, you combine you know, what you're working on isn't public. You can't talk about it all. You're just in this whole working with development teams and testing and everything else. We weren't at the point of being able to have pilot customers yet. We were trying to do this work to have pilot customers. Like it, it was definitely, that was, uh, that was part of it where it's like, man, everything feels like it's just kind of not going right right now. Um, but you just keep working at it and yeah, I don't know, things, things are getting better. With that big speed bump behind you, are are things you know flowing to plan fairly well since you've kind of caught up from that that bump? Yeah, I feel like it's getting better. You know, we've had to make adjustments. There were things on um, how we were planning, designing features where we weren't doing a good enough job on it, and so we had to like step up our game with how prepared we were ahead of the sprint. Right. Um, how we were like creating. Um, some of the epics and stories, we're making adjustments there. Um, so yeah, I mean, all this stuff is always an evolution. And so you're just, you're working hard to like, how can we constantly be getting better? And you're taking what you feel and what you see and feedback from the team and you're bringing in new expertise. Like there's just a lot, there's a lot happening at once. Right. And it's like, mm-hmm. that's easily the one thing it's like, you come from, right. I came from a team at gather up that our core development team had been together for like three years when I left. And there's so much that was in lockstep. Things were still hard and difficult and you'd still have misses or, you know, holes, whatever else, but like so far less just because there's so much trust in the team. They'd work together. They understand the overall direction, a bunch of things like that. And then you jump into something else and you realize like you have to rebuild that. And 
for the first three years of gather up, we didn't have it. Like it took us three years to like hit our utopia or our best efficiency within that. And now I'm trying to like smash and shrink it into months. <laughs> right. <laughs> Which it is really not possible. No, but you, I think you are shrinking it though. It seems like you're moving really fast at Leadferno, actually. If you think about how much you've accomplished since you started this, like you are, you're progressing pretty, pretty zippy, it seems to me. Yeah. I, I can tell you personally, the weeks have never flown by faster for me. Like, for sure. Ever. They are like, I'm like, what? How's it a weekend? Then on the weekends, there's no standup. I can't see what else got done. Like anything. It's like, I I actually don't want the weekends. Like I want weekdays. I want standups. I want progress. I want to test. (laughs) Oh man, it's crazy. So anyway, but uh, you know, I I threw into our notes, I read a great uh, tweet and this, this guy was just sharing something that uh, uh, he had heard. Um, And and I reached out to get the pronunciation of his name. Um, His name is uh, Tobena Erodiobu. And he, he put out this tweet and he just said, someone once told me it takes about three years to build really great software. And he said, I kind of agree. The trick is in providing value when your product is merely good and executing every day the right to make it great. Yep. And I was just like, oh, that's so it, right? And I'm like, I'm trying to make great software in like six months. <laughs> and it's not going to happen, but I need to do well enough where people are like, yeah, I see where you're going. Yep. This is good enough and keep going and we're going to we're going to stay with you, right? It, totally. I it's it's a really uh good quote. It, it's like people, you don't want to take 3 years to launch your product. Launch it when it's pretty good and then continue to iterate. And actually, this is one of the things that we've actually had a roadblock at WhiteSpark about is we continue to refine and iterate before. And then we do this like massive launch. It's like, it took us a year and a half to like get this thing out the door. And we're really trying to solve that problem and be like, no, this is our existing product. We're getting that out the door. Like we we did it again with new account, our new account system. It's like, we could have launched this a long time ago if we weren't constantly refining it. And actually the nice thing is, is that once you get it out the door, all those refinements can come week after week after week, and then you're doing regular updates. You're you're showing your customers that you're alive and, and continuing to make the product better, and you have a new marketing uh, push every week. And so that's the cadence that we're trying to get towards, where every week we've got some new update, some new thing that we're, we're uh, pushing live. Yeah, no, I think... You're, you're spot on with that is like, how, how can you like build and iterate rapidly? Um, it's a, I think it's the same thing I was kind of talking about with our team, like momentum. That's the killer thing, right? Like mm-hmm. when you have great momentum, it doesn't even matter if it's just constant small steps, but you have momentum. And like when we hit our rut, January, February, like the momentum was gone. If anything, the momentum was backwards. Right. And that is like, emotionally tough um it's tactically tough like all all of those things and the same when you when you get your customers to start feeling that your product has momentum like all right every month or every other month or every quarter Mm -hmm. there's something new like they feel that momentum right i think that's that's the key thing to find yeah, we I see it with the ClickUp. So we use ClickUp in uh, for some of our project management on our GMB management service. 
And every Friday, I get an email from ClickUp. They call it the Click Updates 2.75 every time it increments. And they've done, I think, 275 updates. And so every Friday, there is an email that usually covers about three new features in the software, yep. three new things. It's yep. incredible. And that's, I, I, I dream of getting to that point. And it doesn't seem, doesn't seem impossible. It seems totally... Yep. Uh, within our grasp very soon as soon as we get new accounts out we're going to start iterating on all because you know at white spark we have like five products so we have so many yep. different things that we're always working on yep well it gives you a story to tell yep. and then you can take that story to your customers right like that's that's marketing and yeah clickup does a great job like um I, I definitely went on a binge of signing up for any tool with a free trial for like right researching onboarding processes and things like that. And so I'm still getting a ton of emails, which is great because it helps me understand their messaging. And yeah, ClickUp does a, they do a really great job with it. Um, really good. Yeah. Some of their little animations in their emails and things like that. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's definitely a good example. They got the resources too. I think they got a hundred million in funding. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh. It's a lot I don't know. It's like it. It sounds great to have unlimited. I would. I would have such a hard like this, right? Like Leadferno, we raised a small angel round so we could scale up a team, yeah. and even that still feels hard for me. You know, get getting a team of five, six engineers right off the bat felt sure. like, oh my gosh, that's so much. Yeah, for no income coming in and whatever else, it's like, oh, I'm le I'm learning, man. I'm I'm baby steps on how to do something that isn't bootstrapped from the start. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, oh well. well, cool. Uh, I think uh, we've probably worn people out by now. Uh, you've worn me out. You you just made me answer all the questions today. So <laughs> you know what? That's because I'm I'm like the worst planner. So I just basically have to defer to you and be like, hey, Aaron, what can you teach me about planning? So I, I'm learning as much here as the audience. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're evolving though with it, Shah. But sooner or later, you will be the plan guru, and then I'll I'll just take notes from you. So it's all good. Great. Well, you know. We'll, we'll, we'll slate that for March, 2022 new episode on planning where I'll, I'll, I'll lead. I'll give some advice on planning. I you'll hit it before then. I know you will. Okay, great. Great. I appreciate awesome. the comments. Yeah, you bet. All right. Well, thanks everyone for joining us. Good to get another episode out. Hopefully, uh, we won't let so much time go by and until episode 28 and we'll get back to you. A anything uh, you want to make note of coming up, Darren or. Ah, nah. <laughs> Nah. Nah. Nope. Let's talk about it next time. Keep doing the things on repeat. Yep. Totally. All right. Well, great catching up as always with you, Darren. And uh, we'll talk soon and we'll talk and record soon as well. Yeah. Within a month. All right. Thanks, Aaron. All right. Thanks. Take care, everybody. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everybody.